0: Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashbackdebit. Discover Bank, member FDIC.
1: Hey guys, welcome to another edition of Talking Metal. What we're going to do in this episode is present you with a little taste of one of the shows we've recently added to the Talking Metal Digital platform. Talking Metal Digital is a family of podcasts including Talking Metal, and also including the one you're going to hear today on the Talking Metal feed. This is the third episode of Metal Raps. It's a show that features myself, Mark Striegel, along with Mitch Joel and a guy named Mitch Lafon. If you dig what you're hearing on this episode, third episode of metal raps what i suggest you do and what i would encourage you to do is go subscribe to it on itunes and also leave a review on itunes you can also check metal raps out on the uh, spreaker platform spreaker s-p-r-e-a-k-e-r i'm not a good speller but i think i i think i did that right cool guys anyways without further ado here's myself along with mitch joel and Mitch LaFon on the third episode of Metal Raps. Well, hey there, and welcome to Metal Raps
0: number three. My name is Mitch Joel, and I'm happy to be back as always with Mark Striegel from Talking Metal. Mark, how are you doing? Good, Mitch. How
2: are you doing? Great, and we've got Mitch LaFon from One on One with Mitch LaFon. Mitch. Good day, good day. It's kind of ha- hard to hear Mark say, hi, Mitch, and then me not say anything. <laughs> But it's,
0: uh, we knew this was going to be complicated. You've got Mitch, <laughs> Mitch, and Mark. We're going to work through this. People will get used to our voices and the dulcet sounds of all things heavy that we love to talk about. Exactly. Um, let me throw it over to you, Mitch, first. Start off. You've had some crazy conversations Yes, uh, yesterday. Over the past couple of weeks, you've got yeah. Ace Freely, which we're not going to talk about Ace because we always talk about Ace. But you've had Rob Halford, yeah. Merciful Fate, and uh, one that I really want to talk about is Gary Sharon.
2: Yeah, Gary. Gary was great. I love Gary. And uh, you know, after the interview, um, I went out and I I found the Hurt Smile album. It comes out in October in North America, but it came out in April in Japan. And I bought it, had it sent over, and it is absolutely brilliant. I mean, he really. I mean, it's it's exactly what you want extreme and Van Halen with Gary Sharon to sound like. Sound like, but it's called Hurt Smile. And Gary's just a great guy to talk to. I've I've interviewed him probably. Ooh, for four to six times. And he's he's just really fun. He's, he's I, such a good guy.
0: I remember, like yesterday, which makes me sound immediately like an old fart, 1989 and Kid Ego and that self-titled Extreme album and the combo of Nuno Betancourt and Gary Sharon. I thought that these guys were unstoppable and crazy but true story. I remember having conversations in the sort of nerdy way us metal nerds do with friends saying things like, man, this guy would be such an awesome singer in Van Halen. Yeah. Um, and he inevitably became the singer in Van Halen. I think he joined the band in 1996 and the infamous three album came out in 1998. There was one major song on that album, Without You, which it was a major song. But in the construct of Van Halen what they had done, uh, the album, the song was a flop. I think that was the only album that actually never went double platinum for Van Halen. Tour did okay, nothing great. Um, so it was sort of like a weird thing where like this um, these amazing people got together and suddenly – Huh. It
2: didn't work out. It didn't, no. But you know, there's a, there's a bunch of good songs on that album. There's fire in the hole. One I want. It just didn't go anywhere because folks wanted that reunion with David Lee Roth. They had been teased with that greatest hits, you know, volume one that had those two David Lee Roth tracks, and then they came out with Gary, and people went. Eh.
0: I'm not sure, but I don't know if I agree with you. Well, let me throw the mark. Mark, what do you? I don't agree with Mitch, but Mark, what do you think?
1: Well, you know, album aside, I think the the big thing that Gary brought to Van Halen at that time was he brought back the Roth-era songs in the live arena, you know. Well, a lot more of them. Yeah, a lot, lot more of them. Stuff that Sammy refused to to sing. I mean, Sammy really wasn't doing, at least not at that time. Again, Sammy came back for uh, a tour after Sharon before Roth rejoined. And, and at that <laughs> point, they started doing a lot of Roth era stuff. But uh, it, it, on that tour, that was the first time they started really pulling out a lot of the old Roth era classics that they hadn't played since 1984. You know, So um, he really helped, I think, get the band back in touch with that Era of their uh, of their past, which in my opinion is the the best era of Van Halen.
0: I'll tell you something funny. You know, when I mean it, it, it really was a blip. Him, him being in Van Halen, being out of Van Halen, he then went on to do this thing called Tribe of Judah, which I could not wrap my arms around. But again. Gary's an amazing singer. One of the most amazing things Sharon ever did, in my opinion, and you may laugh, but I believe it to be true, is that in in the mid-2000s, he took part in this thing called Amazing Journey. I don't know if you guys know this. It was a tribute to The Who. And it was Gary Sharon, Mike Portnoy on drums from Dream Theater, who's the guy who sort of pulled this whole thing together, Paul Gilbert, Mr. Big and Racer X on guitar, and Billy Sheehan on bass. And if you go... Please stop the podcast, go to YouTube, uh, check out Amazing Journey. It is, um, they, they did a whole bunch of like guitar workshop-type conferences, and they were just insane amazing. And hearing wow. Sharon, who really did have an amazing rock voice – I mean he was heavily influenced by Queen, Roger Daltrey, The Who – Un, un, in fact, I think even now, I think he with his brother he does some sort of Who tribute thing. think yeah, mean, it's a slip slip kid or something like he that.
2: Joe does the Who tribute. Yeah, he's he loves that stuff, you know. And of course, he did Jesus Christ Superstar. I mean, he's a really talented, talented singer. And and the one thing that we talked about in the interview is that they have this live in Pittsburgh album that they recorded in '98, and it was. Get, good to go. It was on all the release sheets. It was going to be in Japan first and then, and they they, they they, stuck it in a closet and I just wish, like Gary did in the interview, that they polish it up and put it out officially. Because why not you know, commemorate that era? He did well. Live, he did well. The album was unfocused, but live. I mean, Mean Streets came back, uh, Romeo Del- Delight came back, Somebody Get Me a Doctor right. came Ex- come on, put it out.
0: But what's crazy too is um, it's funny because I, you sort of forget, like I was laughing, Mark, as you were speaking because it's like, you know, David the Roth is in, David the Roth is out, Timmy here came back from the And like And it's sort of like, unless you really know it, it's like, like my head is a bit fuzzy around that whole thing. But what I do remember distinctly and I, I think that you guys are both right in the sense is that when Gary came into Van Halen, and not only did he bring back some of the Roth era songs, I think what was more important is that he did them um, – he did them with love and, and passion and, and right. reverence for them because anybody who knows the Sammy era Van Halen – and by the way, I'm a massive fan of the Sammy era Van Halen. I think there's – I could listen to 5150 and uh, for an awful carnal knowledge a million times a day and never tire. But Sammy, when it came to doing Dave's songs live, especially stuff like Jump, I mean it was he, – he turned it into a parody, which made it tough for for real fans. I mean, it was like yeah. you wanted to see Sammy sort of, you know, give 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 its due, you know, really give it the respect that those songs deserve, whether or not you like the character of DLR or not.
2: Well, how many yeah. did he do? He only yeah. did like two, right? He did Panama and Jump, Sammy. He didn't really get into anything else except those two sort of you have to play them because the MTV crowd's going to kill you if you don't.
1: Yeah. Until until later, until that tour, right. you know, yeah. after Sharon, yeah. yeah Which when, is when silly,
2: by the way. And it's also very silly that Dave refuses to do some of the bigger hits. You can't just say, well, we had a decade as a band and it doesn't exist. I've never been able to wrap my head around that. And that's why when Bruce Dickinson comes out there and does Deano songs and does Blaze Bailey songs, you go, hey, good on you you know it's yeah it's a little different though mitch it's a little different oh right? come on oh yeah I when, just, when bruce dickinson like... does does blaze bailey it's different i mean come on yeah uh, I, it's, it's I, a nod to an air to a, an era of the band and and it's you know, wise of him to include those fans and not just say, oh, no, no. I just, I, stuff.
0: I think David Lee Roth era Van Halen is like something people would get tattooed on their arms. I'm not sure people are getting Blaze Bailey Iron Maiden tattooed on their arms is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> so. No, no, I
2: understand that, but that's why it's extra cool that Bruce Dickinson will do those songs. And that's why it would be extra cool if David Lee Roth would bother singing right here, right now, once. Never,
1: never, ever will happen. No, never, of course not, but and, but yeah, and it's never, silly.
2: So, yeah. so Gary, you,
0: you have a conversation with Gary Mitch. What what's he up to? I mean, he guys in his mid fifties. It's what what is his current sort of thing? What's he working on?
2: Well, you know, he's still got Extreme, and they've got new music coming. But of course, Nuno's out with Rihanna. Right. And, that,
0: uh, does, that, does everyone know that that he's the touring guitarist for Rihanna? That's pretty cool too.
2: Well, I think the three or four Extreme fans that follow the band probably know that.
0: I'm a fan. No, Go
2: on. I'm a fan, too. <laughs> I I love the band, actually. Um, uh, you know, they, they want to bring the porno graffiti a whole album live show to North America because they've been doing it overseas. But right now, he's got this album uh, called Retro Grenade with a band called Hertzmile, his band with his brother. And it is brilliant. There's a song on there called Hello, I Must Be Going. And we talk about it in the interview. It sounds like 1970s cheap trick I mean everything about it the arrangements the style the guitar everything and the whole album is just it's just great I mean I was expecting absolutely nothing from it because <laughs> the first hurt smile was sort of mediocre and, and that's being polite but this one definitely goes into my top 10 of 2014.
0: It bothers me, guys. It bothers me because he is such a massive talent and such an amazing showman that he is so hit and miss with his music. And I'm right. not saying it's by his own creation, but it's like either choices he's making, musical partnerships he's working on. And even, you know, it's funny. If you sort of reflect on the discography of Extreme. there's a lot of hit and misses even within albums. Forget yeah, right, just, sure. just you know, entire albums. And it's so Frustrating when you have a guy with that wealth of, of talent that just can't nail it every single time. It's frustrating as a fan. Yeah, Tribe of
2: Judah was, was awful. Awesome. That was tough to listen to. And I, I mm. think what, one of the bands... I tried, it I tried, really tried. tried. <laughs> it, had a, it had a picture of him with a gun in his mouth, and I was just like... Oh, yeah, yeah. The, the image is wrong, the music is wrong, the style for you is wrong, the vocal style. I mean, just everything was you know you had a checklist and it was like no x x x and it's like come on gary i mean okay don't do hair metal we get it but just give people some melodic rock you have that voice it works just go with it and by the way on the hurt smile he covers elvis costello's pump it up and it sounds brilliant i mean it's a it's Hmm. a great great album you know I'll, i'll give him props for that i'm I've reconnected with Gary on this album. His, this music works. I'll tell you, when, when nice. you
0: said that you had an interview with him, I just smiled. It's nice to hear that he's doing stuff and he's around and he's active. Mark, what's been happening on Talking Metal?
1: Well, we spoke with a guy named Mike Lapon from the band Symphony X, who sure. is Symphony X, you know, New Jersey based band, and he has a solo record coming out. Which features Metal Mike from Halford Fame and also Alan Tecchio. Do you guys know Alan Tecchio? I know the name. Give us the run now. Yeah, he was in a real one of the first ever progressive metal bands called Watchtower. Which I was—I was,
0: I, oh, I was going to go Crimson Glory, but I'm glad you went close. Watchtower. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah,
1: actually, even before Crimson Glory, Watchtower, and that was a band that Jason McMaster's was was in. Sure. Uh, and Alan replaced him in Watchtower when he went on to form uh, Dangerous Toys, and he also went on to do nonfiction and, and Hades too, which were uh, some oh, yeah, kind Hades. of under yeah underground metal bands from you know the the eighties and early nineties. So uh, so yeah, and,
2: and Mark has the fa- his fave my favorite talking metal episode of all time just went up recently. It's an all girl um, episode. <laughs> <laughs> with, yes, it uh, is. Butcher yes. Babies, Crucified Barbara and Hellion and uh, I did all the interviews so it was wonderful to hear.
1: Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, Mitch really helped us out and provided us with some great interviews great audio, including uh, Carla from Butcher Babies yeah. which I, I practically fell in love with her listening to that interview I mean that that was a I, you downplayed the interview to me I thought it was a great interview.
0: Uh, That's I, funny too it's like Mitch, you you managed to like in a circular way promote yourself. That's, That's fantastic. Right. Isn't <laughs> it was that magical. Yeah, it was, it was very different. I, uh, I you know that Touch. One of the other things I I thought we could do on this show is talk a bit about sort of the current affairs of metal. Um, I found it really interesting slash scary to hear that Def Leppard is taking on a new guitarist, and it turns out that it's trickster Steve Brown, who I'm sure many listeners remember, and he's actually filling in for Vivian Campbell. Uh, The story here is one I think of hope. I'm going to be very positive. Uh, Campbell's come down with a form of Hodgkin's lymphoma. He was in, in some state of remission. It seems to right. have come back, unfortunately. Uh, Campbell, in my opinion, I don't know what you guys think, is one of the greatest living hard rock guitarists. This guy was, you know, people will say Dio. People will say White Snake, People will say Def lever. I'll tell you what I would say. I would say Riverdogs. I think Riverdogs yeah, is one of the greatest sure. – bands, that debut album is still to this day 100% top to bottom, completely enjoyable. So, um, you know, one is I think all of us wish Vivian uh, a speedy recovery because it's, it's very, very scary to be in that space, especially when it, when it comes back after being in remission. But interesting that, you know, Trickster, Steve Brown, I mean, that's, a, that's sort of a – that one really sort of it gave – it was a right hook to me.
2: Yeah, but I mean, listen, yeah. he's melodic rock, but uh, the interesting part of this is – he was on tour with the band all summer on that Kiss, Kiss Def Leopard tour. He was the stand-in, ready to go in case anything went wrong. And luckily it didn't, so Vivian got to go through. But it'll be an interesting addition. And and again, I love Steve Brown. I, I've sent emails to him. We, we've we talked over the years. But I really want Vivian to come back. Because, yeah, yeah so absolutely. You know,
1: I mean, Vivian, one of the, like you said, Mitch Joel, just such an important part of the early 80s heavy metal scene for me with those first three Dio records, especially the first two, Holy Diver and Last in Line. However, back to the Def Leppard thing, what I would have as a Def Leppard fan, what I would have loved to have seen happen is they bring Pete Willis back into the fold temporarily. Now, Pete Willis, (laughs) of course, played on those first three Def Leppard records and sure. co-wrote some of the biggest songs on those records, bringing on the sure. heartbreak and and photograph. Is those songs were written.
2: It? Well, that's the thing. I mean, where's it, the guy? It, it, uh, probably yeah, living in a dumpster he's... somewhere. Oh
1: god! <laughs> <laughs> no, he's probably he's probably a multi-millionaire. I mean, he wrote photograph. You know, I mean, I would think unless he just signed off his you no, know rights know. to it there's... when he left the band. Yeah, yeah Mark, you know there's what?
0: all sorts of shady stuff going on, Mark. I'm not sure if we could uh, yeah, claim that he's, he's 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 sad, but.
2: And, and a lot yeah. of bands back in the day when they would throw you out, they would buy out your contract and True. say, OK, we'll give you 100000 You go, oh, that's a ton of money. And then you don't realize that it's going to make millions, right? So who, but I, who knows? But,
0: but I'll tell you something. When Trickster came out, I don't know if you guys remember. Th- they were really very much promoted as sort of like the new kids on the block of metal. It was yep, supposed to be these yeah. young guys, comic book covers. Um, I even think later on it was somewhat admitted that they were lying even about how young they were and they weren't that young. But – uh, again, no doubt you think about the combo between the singer and Steve Brown, the guitarist. Steve was an amazing guitarist. I mean, he was amazing back then. I know that they've recently got back together. Trickster have been doing dates. And again, you can go on YouTube and watch some of the clips. If you like the songs, if you like the music, they sound really, really tight. And I think a big chunk of it is Steve's playing. This guy is agreed. really, really tight. Agreed. Cool.
2: Absolutely but, agreed. Uh, and, and I think he'll fit. But again, I just don't want him to fit too long.
0: Uh, you, you know, well, you just want Viv yeah. back. I mean, it's Viv, like, yeah, you, you know, Mark, when you said last in line, you just sort of go, go Oh man, yeah. think about the riffs yeah. on, on
2: those songs, like, just crazy guitar riffs. And, um, but, but also f- the, the curse of Def Leppard. I mean, they, they've been through all kinds of stuff. They don't need a guitarist who, who, you know, another guy who loses a battle to can't, they just don't need that. The fans don't need that. Viv's family, you know, we, we just want him back, yeah. for all the I mean, right absolutely. reasons
0: listen, part of the story here is that as we continue our passion for the music, we can't deny this the sort of regular cycles and turns of life. I mean, even, you know, this past week, ACDC, right, Malcolm Young being treated for dementia. Guy had uh, major medical issues happen, medical crisis last year. He's apparently in a home, band still going forward and they're doing stuff but, I mean, you know, it's it's really, it's, it's shocking. It really is shocking to be our age and see our, our, The the bands we know and love, just they're getting older. Everyone's getting older, older, right? Yeah, Yeah. it's
2: great. You know, and of course, Peter Chris had his uh, breast cancer, and but I think the band like ACDC should go on, um, if if not for anything else, just to honor Malcolm and say, you know what, we're we're going to hold strong just for you, buddy. Yeah, uh, and
0: and Malcolm in the mix of things, uh, you know, in the pocket, amazing rhythm player definitely was playing a backseat to the chaos that was, you know. ACDC? Yeah, yeah. ACDC and Angus and then that whole world. Hey guys, uh, always a pleasure to do this. Absolutely. The, the time flies every single time.
2: But what about um, our Ace segment?
0: Uh, we, yeah, exactly. We didn't do an Ace set. We apologize. This is, we, should, we should just call this Metal Ace freely as the podcast. <laughs> right. Ace raps. The Ace raps. Um, hey, you could follow me on Twitter at Mitch Joel. Uh, Mitch, why don't you let people know where they can
1: find you?
2: You can find me at, on Twitter at Mitch Lafon, L A F O N.
1: And Mark? Cool. Uh, I will plug the Facebook page uh, today. It's, it's facebook.com, M Striegel. That's M S T R I G L. Friend me there.
0: There you go. Awesome. And we'll be back with episode number four of Metal Raps
2: coming up really soon.